What's up, guys? Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And today we're going to be talking about staying consistent even in seasons of hardship. But first, if you're a new listener, two main things we are all about business and health and fitness. So on the business side, we run two businesses, um, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro. We are not at the top of the food chain by any means, but we have seen a lot of success in both these businesses. So we have a unique perspective in that regard where we've done some things very well. We've done some things not so well. We kind of talk about what those look like, what we're currently doing um, to give you guys some pieces of advice that you can take, whether you're an entrepreneur yourself or whether you work for somebody else. So just some general things that you can kind of run with Um, on the health and fitness side of things. SD Evolution is our online health coaching company that was created to essentially filter through the bullshit and feedback the good stuff, I guess, um, to our clients, bite-sized digestible pieces so they can understand these simple concepts and apply these basic habits to their lifestyle so they can see those those long-term goals come to fruition. Um, if you have been listening for a while, again, we do request that you leave a review. Um, we're here giving out free content. If you're enjoying it, just drop a quick five-star in that. Tag us on social media as you share an episode. Anything like that is greatly appreciated. It's been a while. It's been a long while because do you want to tell them why? <laughs> A lot going on, and it, it plays right into today's episode, so I guess... No, 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 no. You're going to really you tell them about? why. How many struggles we've had with this new microphone setup that has been driving you absolutely crazy. How My... many hours did you spend trying to uh, set up our new podcast here? One of my partners got us a couple really, really cool gadgets to mess around with for the podcast and clean up our sound quality. Supposed to be plug and play, um, but First some kind of, all, of settings were. Let us know how it sounds because we think we got it today, but I guess you guys can. I tell think us. GarageBand was what was actually screwing it up the majority of this time. So we did get a faulty microphone. We narrowed that down, um, but he gave us. I mean, this is high quality stuff. It's it's really good, really cool. We're really excited about it, and uh, it's just been uh, frustrating when it's supposed to be plug and play and then it wasn't. But I think it was because of a faulty microphone, so we got that checked off. And then uh, I think the export on GarageBand was really kicking us in the ass. Yeah, life would be a lot easier if we had somebody to just uh, set up our podcast. Photographers, edit our podcast. videographers, <laughs> podcast editors. We do editors. a lot of things ourselves still. And maybe we'll make that whole separate business episode. Um, but today's episode, along with that struggle, is, is just going to be about how to stay consistent when you're struggling through whatever it is that you are struggling with. And obviously, a lot of you guys know we've had a rough 2021 you know we into 2022 into 2022 we moved we've been living with my parents for nine months now um there is a light at the end of the tunnel here but you know we lost we had a first miscarriage we just had a second miscarriage um we lost our family dog there's just been a lot of stress over the last nine months and it's been more and more challenging to sort of stay consistent but we really have I feel done what I think is the best we can possibly be doing right now, even through all of these seasons of hardship. So the most recent, we all got COVID. We rang in 2022 with COVID and the miscarriage on New Year's Day. And it's funny because Josh's dad calls him bubble boy. Um, You know, we've been more on the conservative side with it just to do what we can to keep Kai safe. Um, And I think, you know... It was bound to happen with this wave. So many people we know have gotten it. We finally got it. Luckily, it was pretty mild for all of us. But along with that, we also suffered another early pregnancy loss, um, which was like literally the first 
thing that happened on January 1st in the morning. So it's been a lot. And I think, you know, it's it's hard when you're in the thick of it to sort of take yourself out of the thick of it and view everything from that bigger picture perspective. But for us, that's something that you always push me to do. That's something that I try to do. And you know, even when you're not feeling your best or if if work is really stressful or you are going through something like what we're going through with the miscarriages, like there's so much that's outside of your control. And what you have to focus on is what still is in your control and what can you do with that to feel the best that you can possibly feel right now. Yeah, I mean, going back to the COVID thing, I think every parent with kids, especially young kids, can kind of relate. It's been a struggle regardless of how you handle how you've handled it whether you kind of kept doing your thing a little bit there's always that worry in the back of your mind that what if um if you have been isolating as much as you possibly can like you've been separated from friends and family for two years at this point so i think we made the call going into to christmas like we've we've missed enough holidays we've we've missed enough friends and family where we're probably going to come into contact with it during christmas and we're just we're going to have to live with that we're going to be okay with it at some point you know kai's older now like when this first started he was still a little baby so I think we were just still sort of in that like new parenting mindset almost where everything sort of feels scary um but you know as we've gone through the last couple of years we've grown and evolved what we have learned about has grown and evolved um and that was just the decision that we made so um, again, we're grateful that it was mild and it didn't seem to be anything too crazy for us, um, but it was still rough to go through. And I think the hardest, one of the hardest things for us was being stuck in the house for five days because for you, you know, you have voiced to me over the last couple of months, your mental health relies on us going out and doing something, whether it's a hike or a walk or just going to, we go to Old Mystic Village if you're local here to Connecticut, just to walk around and just getting out of this one bedroom that we have been living in. And when you're, you really cannot do that because you're quarantining, that was like by day five, you were uh, struggling that mentally. That was pretty toast. And it wasn't even, like we got lucky. I think it was mostly like fatigue. Kai has a cough, um, mostly at night. But again, we got very lucky. We've been handling it early. For those who are up on the uh, the natural remedies, I shared this with my family. I'll share it with you guys. From day one, as soon as I started noticing the fatigue, as soon as I got uh, the positive test, I was doing a clove and a half of garlic, chopped garlic. Let it sit for 10 minutes. You're activating Alice. I don't even know how to say A-L-L-I-C-I-N. It's an enzyme. Um, it's been shown to stop viral replication and broccoli sprouts so main ingredient in that not ingredient but one of the main compounds in that is sulforaphane again it's a nutritional powerhouse it's been shown to stop viral replication so we were doing that vitamin c vitamin d zinc all the all the go-tos and pounding it from day one and i have been looked at as a bit of a nutcase mr garlic <laughs> breath for a while but uh how, how is that looking now okay. mr mrs headcase well first of all i was pregnant at the time so when you're early pregnancy like that all of your um like you just can smell things that other people can't smell you have like super human powers so imagine your husband is just eating raw garlic a few times a day or every day and i was doing this before covid but and you i would like it during covid have a clove of garlic before bed and come into bed and i'd be like i cannot even like you need to air out the room right now um but 
uh yeah i mean it's not that i looked at you like you were crazy or this like woo woo person i just was like anytime i felt bad i would just do it i said this smelling this is better than covid if it's working cut to the good stuff if it's working for you fine for me listen if it's working for me this is how i felt at first if it was working for you fine and if it made you feel better i support it um so and i it's not even that i was against it i just wasn't interested in needing raw garlic myself at that time and then we got COVID and I think it was like the second or third day I started to notice my sense of smell and taste. It wasn't gone completely, but it started to dissipate for sure. And you had me have the garlic and broccoli sprouts. I didn't have very many broccoli sprouts. You had like a, a sprinkle of the broccoli garlic, sprouts on though, a grilled cheese. Like as soon as I ate it, I could taste that. And then everything after that, I could taste again. So... I don't want to say it's magical. Definitely do not quote me on that at all. But even if it was more of like a placebo effect, it worked. So Whatever it was, literally, after the chopped garlic, again, you chop it, let it sit for 10 minutes. I did that first thing in the morning. And then at some point, like mid-morning, early afternoon, I would do, um, if you do a package of the broccoli sprouts from like Whole Foods, I actually freeze those because it ups the uh, sulforaphane content. So I'd freeze that, have about a fifth of the packet. Within 10 minutes of both of those doses, quote unquote doses, I felt very good. Like I would go through waves when I was with COVID, when I had COVID, where I felt really good and then I'd feel kind of shitty and then I feel really good and then I feel kind of shitty. Those really good things happen immediately after the garlic and immediately after the sulforaphane. So take it for what it is. If you guys are home and you need something to help you kick it up a notch, I would recommend trying it. But uh, again, we're, we're fully vaccinated. We're not boosted. We're fully vaccinated. We were, it's been over six months. What's it been? Nine months now. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if you consider us fully vaccinated now if they're changing the no, definitions it, and, and so. the rules. So we are fully vaccinated. We did have a relatively mild case, but it was also something too where I was, we were talking about this before. And it's like, if you had just gotten this and COVID wasn't a thing, how would you have handled it? And it was like day one, I think I definitely would have stayed home. I was very tired. From that point on, it was just like you felt off. So I would say, I mean, I haven't had the flu recently. I would say... It would probably feel similar to that, but you wouldn't be terrified of it. Is is my That's point? A, yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying one way or the other you're, you're doing things right, doing things wrong. I'm not trying to fear monger you or anti fear monger you. I'm making a point that the mental headspace that we've been put in over the past two years has I can't think of any other thing to relate this to. Because of that, again, I, I think I had relatively mild symptoms, but if my lungs started burning a little bit, if I got a little short of breath, which really wasn't often, I think I might have had that you know, for 10 minutes one night, but a couple nights my lungs were, were burning a little bit and I was like calming myself down. I had to meditate, keep the anxiety down because of what we've been told. So going through my head, it's like, eh, you're either going to be perfectly fine in a day or two or you're going to die. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everybody can agree that throughout the last couple of years, mental health has tanked for a lot of us for various reasons. Um, but anyway, back to what I want the main bulk of this episode to be you know, we all have struggles. Every single one of us, every single person you know in your life is dealing with something, whether you realize it or not. So number one, be kind. But number two, having struggles is not a reason to not take care of yourself. And I feel like sometimes we can get in the headspace, again, notice I'm saying headspace, um, Or think about the idea that when we're struggling hard, we can lighten up our load a little bit. And 
sure there are definitely times where you may need to take a step back but you also have to understand when that is for you and when you can still do the basic things that you need to do to feel your best despite those struggles and there are different phases that you're going to go through so this is going to mean different things at different times so for example while we were sick, entirely intuitive eating. Obviously, we don't give two shits about tracking our numbers when we're just trying to get healthy again. And this can be this can be a huge plus. This is something I talked about my clients with while they were going through COVID. It's listening to your body. It's gonna tell you exactly what it needs. So on top of what I was doing with the garlic and the broccoli sprouts because I knew I needed to do that, my body was also telling me what nutrients it wanted. So there were mornings where it's like, hey, literally go eat a fucking pineapple. And I would go eat a pineapple from the fridge or I want an orange. I want a kiwi. Obviously, these are high vitamin C things. But going through that, certain protein sources, certain uh, carb sources, certain fat sources, my body was telling me throughout the entire process because I've been focusing on intuitive eating for so long exactly what it needed. And as I gave it those things, I got that, that little bit of relief. I felt a little bit better. I was doing what my body wanted. So just being in tune with your body at all times, being on track doesn't mean the same thing. It doesn't always mean... I'm going to train five days a week. Sometimes you're going to be taking a rest period. You're going to be deloading. doesn't always mean you're tracking. doesn't always mean you're eating at maintenance or a surplus or a deficit. It means different things throughout the entire period, and there are different ways you can handle that. So even if you're not working towards progress, like when you're sick, you're just trying to maintain those things. Or if you're on vacation, you're trying to maintain where you're at so you can hit the ground running once you do get back into your normal routine. Yeah, this goes back around to making your training and your nutrition fit your lifestyle, which is what we're all about. But what would you say to someone who you just mentioned, you know, you were listening to what your body was telling you it wanted? And a lot of people, I think, struggle with that um, concept when it comes to intuitive eating because, like, someone once asked me, well, what if my body is telling me it wants pizza? Or what if my body is telling me it wants something like that? Like, what what is your response to someone genuinely asking you, like, how do you know what your body needs in that moment? Yeah, we had a, a podcast episode on it. Um, a few, I don't even know how long because we took a big old break when, when this from this episode. Um, but we were talking about intuitive eating versus, do you call it mindful eating? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so intuitive versus mindful eating. And the only difference in your definition with both of those words was essentially a trained person doing it. So a trained person is mindful eating. And then intuitive eating is more of a general approach. Like, oh, I'm going to listen to my body. Anybody can do this. So taking that definition of your definition of mindful eating, when I say intuitive eating, we have to have trained our bodies already. So we have to have been in a routine, whether that does mean we were tracking, whether that does mean we were sticking to a, a specific diet, whether it does mean we've just been smart about incorporating good things because your body is going to crave sugar and a bunch of not so healthy options non let's backtrack because i know that's going to offend people non-nutritious options so things foods that don't do anything for your body so your body's going to crave those things until you break that cycle so for myself personally if i go three days of focusing specifically on whole foods i almost dread sugar like i, I don't want the added bullshit i don't want the the candies i don't want this and that my body craves the good stuff because it feels incredible consuming those things. So it's like, hey, I feel great. Let's get more of those. So for the person who's still craving candy bars and pizza, you're probably new to this. You probably are focusing, if you are tracking, on a very loose version of if it fits your macros. Um, So I would say take a week, and you're going to be great after a week, of focusing on primarily nutrient-dense options, whole foods, things that are doing something for your body. And then you can always, I'm not telling you to restrict X, Y, and Z, but to kind of train your body and get into this more fluent language of intuitive and mindful eating 
you do have to have a period where you are giving it the right thing so your body knows what to crave and it can give you those cues accurately. Yeah, I think too, you have to know when it's your mind craving something versus your body physically telling you what it needs. So like oftentimes when it comes to cravings, it's a mental thing, whether or not you realize that you're probably stressed out about something and you walk into the kitchen and you're craving, you know, potato chips and candy or whatever it is. So I think being in tune mentally with yourself and understanding where you are at in that moment to make a decision is important. But um, got a little sidetracked there, but I think that was a good sidetrack. But I think it's important, like, why don't we talk through what we do during these times of struggle to sort of stay focused on our basic needs. It's just a constant evaluation process and you have to be objective in your view. So give yourself grace. Um, Don't be harder on yourself than you need to be. I'm not saying give yourself a free pass on everything, but just objectively identify what type of phase that you're in right now. What's happening in your life? Are things crazy? Do you have any help with your kids? Is it, is it work? And just grind with work and the kids and, you know, just wake up and (laughs) the rinse and repeat the groundhog's day we talk about when, when I hit my, my struggle like that. So if that is the case, just be realistic about what it is that you need. It's going to be the bare minimum for that period. But what do you need to do to get through that grind until things get better? So for myself personally, it's lifting and it's meditation. If I'm missing one of those things, I am immediately in a terrible mood. I want to fight everybody. And uh, it's just it's not healthy for anyone. So my bare minimum, my daily non-negotiables are daily meditation and uh, and lifting so it's not every day but if I can't lift I'll go take a walk if it's a recovery day anything to get outside and get moving I will say that I'm I'm back on my cold showers and my ice plunges my body's craving it so that's a big piece of this as well again not even talking about the physical benefits we had in the the other uh the other episode going through this more directly but just the mental toughness of that is cold as fuck I don't want to get in there but I'm going to do it I'm going to breathe through it and then after I do that there's nothing I can't conquer the rest of this day there is nothing I hate more than being cold and as I sit here now, I can tell you I crave it. Yeah. I mean, for for you and probably for me too, it's very apparent when you have, when you are not focused or when you don't get to focus on those things, like I notice an immediate shift in you. It's like, I don't want to say you're a different person because that's extreme, but I can notice when you don't focus on those things that you need to take care of yourself. But how often... It's not in often. Our, I'm, no, I'm not saying that. I, I think I've been better. But in our entire relationship, how much has this shifted where I used to be a hothead on a daily basis and it wouldn't be like, be like I was mad all day, but there would be something that would piss me off every single day. Mm-hmm. And since these things have been incorporated a la meditation, which is why I'm telling you daily, daily meditation or mindful minutes in some way, shape or form have to be daily non-negotiables. But since I have made that shift, would you say I'm a lot more even keeled and I can ebb and flow with a whole lot of bullshit? more than I used to completely different completely different and I think it would be interesting for I mean we haven't really hung out with your core group of friends in a while like in where they would be able to notice that but I would love to see their perspective too because I mean even before I was in the picture that was just who you were I was a hothead and if if you pissed me off I was gonna let you know about it so it was just I uh I don't know how to how to dive any deeper into that. It was a situation where I just had very limited control over my emotions, wore them on my sleeves. Not to say that everyone thought I was a dick. They just knew I was very passionate about everything. I'm just very emotional and uh, had a very hard time for my kid. Just I, I had a bad attitude and I had a hard time controlling that. So 
meditation and you know discovering mindfulness and gratitude and compassion and the the buddhist principles we were talking about before um it was a game changer and this is proof too for anyone listening like you're never stuck in wherever you are right now if you think that you're a certain way or you think that you know you act a certain way or this is just how you are or you have caught yourself saying oh this is just how I am you have to deal with it like no that is a fixed mindset and you have to be open to growth because anybody can change anything about themselves it's just a matter of first and foremost being open to doing so you have to rewire your brain and it's the same concept as a physical transformation is it takes time and dedication and there's going to be setbacks but you have to keep moving forward through those things you can't do something for a week see limited progress and say fuck this i'm done it doesn't work like that it's a daily practice i keep saying daily non-negotiable that's exactly what it needs to be i used to have a reminder saved in my phone it would go off every morning it would say anger is an addiction anger is an addiction you have to think about that it's something where you don't just stop becoming a hothead. You have to proactively and daily and consistently work through that. Just like an alcoholic has to consciously daily and consistently work through not drinking alcohol. It doesn't go away. It's always there, but you can work on it and you can rewire your brain. Yeah, I think that would be a, a good future episode for you to elaborate more on that. But for me, it's very similar. Taking my daily walks or going to the gym getting movement in in some way is crucial for me to feel good like yesterday was the first day we lifted since you know we got COVID and the miscarriage stuff I think we took what almost two weeks off or I did at least you've gone a few times I went a couple times just to but move. you know for me yesterday I didn't want to go like I just was like I don't want to go back the gym's gonna be crowded I'm not gonna have a good lift it's been so long it's I'm gonna be super sore and like in my head I was making every excuse to go and then when we went I immediately felt so much relief the second I was there so I think you know any sort of movement is necessary for me as well as something I've been doing that's newer is reading fiction and for so long I was against it. Um, I probably haven't read a fiction book in three years since I was pregnant with Kai. And it almost was something that in my head was like, oh, this is such a waste of time. Kind of similar to like how TV used to be. Like we still don't watch that much TV now. But like in my head, I'm like, oh, this is not productive. I should be working. I should be doing something as a business owner. There's always something for us to be doing. So it's very hard for me to shut off and kind of relax and turn off. And reading fiction is something that forces me to do that and something I'm actually excited about doing. So that has been really big for me. Um, And just prioritizing sleep when I don't prioritize sleep, which goes sort of hand in hand with the work stuff like lately we've just been grinding on a lot of different things and until I started reading again I was staying up very late and working and constantly on my screen and on a phone so those three things are like my basic self-care needs and everything else sort of flows and stems from that including nutrition including you know everything that we're doing so I think you have to sort of look at what those basic needs are for yourself and understand that even in times where it feels really hard even in times where it feels like you don't have the time make time even if it's less time than you would like make time for those small things that you know contribute so much to your mental and physical health because 
even in the most stressful periods where it feels like your entire world is crumbling down, you still have that. And that still gives you something to wake up and live for every day. So I would say take inventory of what those basic needs are for you that you need to do today. And in the one of the books I'm reading, which is not one of the fiction books, one of the nonfiction books, Effortless by Greg McKeon, he has what he calls a done for the day list. So if you're like me and you're very type A, a lot of people like us like to make to-do lists, but often those to-do lists are so long and we don't do all of the things on them every single day. So he does a done for the day list and it's kind of similar to what I have told clients in the past where I would tell them to pick their top three things to do every day. But this one, there's no quantity, there's no limit. You sort of go through your to-do list and pick out what needs to be done that day. And the reason being for this is it allows for a more meaningful and essential task to get done versus the things that maybe don't need to happen. So I think the biggest thing here is to figure out, okay, which of these things is going to keep me up at the end of the night if I don't do them and put them on your done for the day list. And then you'll notice that you start to feel more productive. You start to feel more accomplished because you're actually doing the things that need to happen versus potentially wasting time or effort or energy doing things that can be done on different days. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. I have what starts off as maybe five or six things on my daily list, my my reminders that go off at certain times, and then it climbs to 10 to 15 every single day, and then things get shuffled, they get pushed to different days, and then I'll wake up with 25 things on my list. So very difficult, but very important to, uh, to definitely highlight the ones that are going to keep you up and, and get those checked off first. But I think we're going to wrap it up here, you guys. We just wanted to hop back on finally now that we've got all of this stuff figured out and kind of just hopefully hit you with a good episode that you could resonate with or relate to in some way, shape, or form, which I'm sure you guys can because we all have struggles, right? So, 100%. So we wrapped it up here. Again, the main – we I did a lot of rambling in the beginning, but playing a little catch-up. But the main thing here was just being consistent in the face of adversity Hopefully you guys can take some of those principles and uh, and apply them to your everyday life and help you get through that and, and stay on point. But for those who are new, where can they find you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else is linked in the show notes. And again, if you have yet to leave a review, please, please, please drop one on Apple or Spotify. You can do it on Spotify now. And we will catch you guys in an episode later this week. Mm-hmm.